If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Hello and welcome back to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, the podcast that is to Scottish Rugby what Piers Morgan is to vegan sausage rolls, angry, confused and a little bit turned on. Uh, I am Cami Black and we've swept the cuckoo from the nest and I'm pleased to welcome back John Anderson. John, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Cami. Uh, Happy New Year to all the listeners. Um, before we get into things, and, and I forced John to talk about um, the uh, Christmas and New Year period, um, we'll just tell you how you can get in touch with us. I'll put a bit of Barry White on, because uh, the festive season's over. There, a bit of Barry in the background. Um, you can get in touch with us on the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk, Twitter at scottrugbyblog or at Cammy Black, Facebook, which is, I think is facebook.com slash Scottish Rugby Blog, about just searching Facebook and it'll come up. Um, we're also on Instagram and you can email us, podcast at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Um, there's a little bit of news before we start with anything else, um, and you'll probably be pleased to postpone the uh, 1872 chat, John. Um, John Hardy has signed for two years at Newcastle Falcons, which is great news. I'd just seen that pop up there. That's a, that's a really good signing for Newcastle, yep. Yeah, I mean, I think somebody pointed out that uh, potentially Newcastle, I mean, I think Newcastle are at the bottom of the Premiership at the minute. Yeah. But if if, yeah. if uh, we just have to fingers crossed that they, they get rid of uh, relegation this season. Well, yeah, I'm I'm sure Newcastle are one of the clubs that are uh, more than um, happy to go ahead with that now. Um, and, the I mean, the rumours are quite strong that that would be the case. So, yeah, we'll see what happens, but... I mean, Newcastle's a good place for him, good side, and he's not that far from, from Edinburgh if uh, if he was to find his way into a blue shirt again. Exactly, yep. Um, now, it's a new year, John, so have you made any New Year's resolutions? Uh, I've actually I've decided to give up rugby completely. Um, <laughs> I, the, the last the last three weeks have, have sucked the very soul from my being. It's going to be a very short podcast tonight. <laughs> just, I'm going to flip my table and be done with it. <laughs> That's it. No, no more. Um, on the flip side of that, though, Matt Stokes got in touch because we put this out on Twitter and Facebook to ask people what their well, what we were mainly looking at player resolutions. But Matt got in touch on Twitter to say his New Year's resolution was to play rugby again, um, and he said he was going to try and get down to his local club, Queensbury, in September, but didn't because he thought he wasn't fit enough. Well. And this is a lovely story because not only off the back of that tweet did Craig Simpson from Queensferry get in touch with Matt to say, please come nice. along, you'd be more than welcome. The official SRU Twitter account also contacted Matt and told him to get, get in on the action. So, um, Matt, uh, do let us know if you get involved and we'd love to hear how you get on uh, at Queensferry. Um, we've had some other resolutions through for players. Um, Sandy Smith sent quite a few in. Um, you might like this one, John. Uh, Xander Ferguson to resolve uh, co- to concentrate on propping properly instead of the handbags. 
Ah, no, 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 no. No, See, no, no, no. We want no, more no, handbags. No. Absolutely. Handbags for the win. Yep. Um, Johnny Sexton and Richard Cockrell to speak up a bit more because they're a bit too shy. I mean, they could they could possibly be doing maybe a bit more doer as well. They're affy affy cheery, the pair of them. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Johnny Sexton really. I mean, probably just communicating with the referee a little bit more during play. I think. I think it would benefit officials really, because um, I mean we're seeing maybe the standards of officiating is not quite where it should be. So I think our our only hope is actually Johnny Sexton. Yeah, um, I hope for, maybe see him uh, start to referee matches mid game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He can do everything else. Um, Dave Rennie to cheer up. D- Dave's a cheery chap, right? Just, just because he's 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 no the most smiley of cats you've ever met, but he's fine. He's fine. He's got. Oh, I think we've said there's the many expressions of Dave Rennie, which is basically just him looking very <laughs> stoic. <laughs> Yes, yes. Which became, just, it was a bit of a meme when he first uh, came to Glasgow of just pictures of Dave Rennie not smiling and looking mildly angry. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're 45 points up and he was uh, still just like... <laughs> yes. Um, and Sandy also suggested, had another couple. Uh, Jim Hamilton to make it through an episode of the Rugby Pod without making reference to the size of another man's genitalia. Um, See... I had a very awkward story. Uh, this is going to sound really daft, and it's on this topic, so I'll go with it. So, over male, the geniti- Christmas... male genitalia or Jim no, Hamilton? No, no, no. It, well, it's Jim. Jim obviously uses um, animals to determine the size of genitalia. He has a, he has okay. a very um, um, interesting a, way of doing it. A chart. It. Yes, he does. And I was at Edinburgh Zoo at, over okay. the festive period, and <laughs> I didn't know about the tapir. Uh, and if if anyone's listening and is not sure, I don't suggest you Google it on your work computer. But yeah, um, to, safe search I, on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and don't click on images for for the for the love of all that's holy. Uh, but there was a squirrel outside as well, and it got me thinking about Jim Hamilton. And I actually, uttered this in the middle of Edinburgh Zoo, um, and no one knew what I was talking about. And I must have looked, looked like a absolute crazy person. But yeah, tapirs for the win. Okay, I can also confirm after I had a, a similar visit to Torquay Zoo where I saw what I thought were two ostriches fighting. But then when one <laughs> when 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 one ostrich uh, stopped fighting and, and ran away, um it it was very clear that ostriches is, are are also for for the win. Um much much more so than you would th- than, than you would you would imagine. Um so yeah, I mean it's not not just the rugby pod um to tune into to uh, for reference to animal genitalia. We might um <laughs> On to some more male genitalia when you talk about um, Embers game at the weekend. Um, the last one from Sandy, which I like, um, and and we were all hoping and praying for this, which is Daryl Marfo to get a start for Borough Mew. <laughs> I think the comment under it was the, the world's best water boy. Bless, <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Daryl. Oh, come on, Daryl, 2019, it's your year. Yeah, um, nice, let's get out of the way then, John. Um, and we'll we'll move on. Then we can move quickly on to talk about other things, uh, much more happier what? things. But yeah, yeah, Ember and Glasgow. Now we're not going to go through the eighteen seventy two cup in any detail. Not because um, I'm feeling kindly to you because it's the new year. Just because we we've, <laughs> we've done it to death on the blog. If anyone's interested, we've got player ratings up there. We've got a couple of match reports, um, and and there's plenty of debate in the comment comments. Um, I I think that I mean, I'll start with Ember. 
And and I just so you're interested on your take on it. If you look at the last three games, what 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 is it that Ember are doing right? Why why are Ember so good at the moment? Can you sort of put put your finger on any a couple of things? Yeah, yeah. So the first thing Edinburgh are doing very well at the moment is they're not making silly errors. So when when they have opportunities to attack, um, they're coming away with points. They're 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 making making the opposition work to stop them. But they're they're not making stupid. Um, but yeah, they're, they're they're not not making stupid things uh, happen. Which I mean that really helps you and. Even when they do make mistakes of you know knock-ons or whatever handling errors, they have that ferocious forward pack to get them out of trouble. So they're kind of building their game, and I still would argue, and I know a lot of listeners will be like, "Oh, typical Glasgow fan," uh, harping on. I would still say that behind behind that pack of eight, they, they are uh, workmanlike at best. They're, they don't have attacking flair, but they're doing the right things well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, a lot of Ember fans might disagree with this, but I think to a certain extent, Ember have been lucky with injuries. And I think by that, what I mean is, if if everybody was fit for Ember, you would have had, you'd have Matt Scott and Mark Bennett in the centre. You have John Barkley regularly playing in your back row. And and they would very much be be the sort of, the backbone of, of Ember. Um, and what Ember are trying to do, they're, they're the senior players, really, with with the international experience, you know, along with your McAnally's and and and, and Watsons and the like. Because you haven't had the, that centre pairing of Bennett and Scott, which is presumably what what Richard Cocker would start with, it's allowed the likes of James Johnson and um, a couple of the others just to, to to come through and play more regularly. And I think in the medium to long term, that's got to be good for Ember because you've. They've been forced to build depth, I think, where they didn't have any. And even in the yep. back row, you've got like you know Jamie Ritchie coming through because Magnus Bradbury's been injured, because John Barkley's been injured, and there's no way Jamie Ritchie would have had the game time if Magnus Bradbury and John Barkley both been fit. No, I totally agree, and I think I—I I mean, I touched on it in my Edinburgh player ratings because of the mechanism we used this time. That I thought Christine. Uh, and James Johnson were absolutely crucial to the way Eden were were playing, and that wasn't in an attacking sense. Their defensive work was outstanding, and a lot of the pressure that Glasgow found themselves under, um, found themselves crumpling under in a lot of cases, was due to that that centre pairing defending very well. So, you know, absolutely, I think obviously Matt Scott, Mark Bennett are really 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 good players but you wouldn't be unhappy going into big games with with Dean and Johnson now no absolutely and I think you I mean you look at Christine I mean even last season was playing fairly well but I think just yeah. I mean he's 24 so just getting that run of games has got to be that that you know that's only gonna stand him in good stead oh, he's six foot two yeah I thought he was, was a big lumpy lumpy boy I thought he was short he looks short much shorter than that uh yeah no he's he's a big big loon he's um yeah defensively again he's he, he puts himself about but um yeah yeah I mean James Johnson's a bit uh how old's James Johnson I'm getting the wrong James Johnson up here. <laughs> 
I'm getting a Samoan James Johnson. That's not the James Johnson we're talking about. That's not the James Johnson you're looking for. And, um, and could we could we believe that James Johnson's age? I mean, there's there's the the Aluanese effect. We I don't think we could. There you go, jo- James James M Johnson. He comes up on uh, Wikipedia. Nice, uh, twenty eight, so a little bit older. Um, yep. than Christine, but still. Um, I mean, that's again. It's 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 depth. I mean, he's been around the Scotland Sevens for a while, James Johnson. So. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. The other interesting one is is um, Ross Ford's season, and I think that it kind of the 1872 and and even this weekend's game kind of highlighted it a little bit for me. Is that in the past, there's no way Ross Ford would ever have been anywhere near third choice Edinburgh yeah, purely absolutely. on purely on reputation alone. And I don't think for a minute, and I might be doing him a disservice, and, and I'm sure we'll get letters, um, many angry <laughs> comments about this, but from from what I've seen, Dave Cherry's uh, he's a journeyman. I think that's probably being, it might be a bit, a bit unfair, but he's not, you know, he's played for three seasons for London Scottish and been up at, been away at Stade Nicosis? Nicosis, Nicosis, yeah. Nicosis. Um, some, again, someone will correct me on that. Uh, he's, you know, and he's 27. So that I think it says something when a 27 year old who's been sort of around the English Championship and D two or D three or whatever level that Stad Nicosis are playing is coming in and pushing him down to third choice. I think Ross Ford would always always have been second choice under any other Ember regime purely on reputation, purely because he was Ross Ford and he's been forced to be the water boy for most of the, the season. World second best water boy. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Yes, um, and I think that speaks volumes about the the kind of culture that Richard Cockrell's building. That you yes. know, you know, just because you're a British and Irish line, just because you've captained Scotland in the past, doesn't mean that I'm going to shove you way down the ranks unless you're doing what I'm asking you to do, unless you're you're pulling your weight and and the same as everyone else. And that's, I think that's kind of, that that that's that's why Embra are now so good because. Part, I suppose it's partly it's a motivation thing by saying, do you know if you if you do well enough for me as a player, you will play and you'll start and you'll get regular yep. starts. But also the fear of if you're not doing that, then all of a sudden you'll find yourself way down the pecking order because I've got we'll find someone who's more keen. Yeah, people are really buying into uh, the way Cockrell's create. He is creating that culture around there. So yeah, fair fair play to them. Does it not just make you weep just slightly though when you utter the phrase? British and Irish Lions, Scottish Scotland captain Ross Ford. <laughs> a little bit. I um, when everyone was losing their, their mind about Ken Owens going a number eight, I'd put out a, a tweet saying, um, you know, you know Ken Owens at number eight, and then I said, you know, Fraser Brown and Stuart Mark and Alice in back row hooker completed it, mate. Yep. And and Ian Hay of this uh, podcast, um, rightly, very rightly, called me up on it and said I'd, I'd neglected Ross Ford in that, and I. I'd considered him, but I hadn't really thought him worthy. But then Ian pointed out that, of course, Ross Ford at one point played back row, back row and hooker for the Lions. So he's not just completed yep. it, he's gone past the boss level into he, the extra he, bonus he, hidden level and, and won that too. Yeah, he was, he was the, 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 the OG on that one. Um, <laughs> um, we'll, we'll move on from Ember then, and I'm going to force you to talk about it now. Um so we've 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 asked the question why are Embro so good at the minute? So let's let's ask the question what's gone wrong with Glasgow, John? <laughs> well, um I'm uh, yeah, I'm glad we we have 
had this dip in form now rather than last year we'd done it three games before the playoffs <laughs> and promptly got horsed in the playoffs. No, uh, uh, the eighteen seventy two is always a strange one because you Glasgow rely on the element of surprise a lot and you can watch Glasgow to the cows come home and they'll still come up with a new attacking pattern or something different that gets you out your seat and, and breaks defences down. Now, Edinburgh's defence was phenomenal, but an element of familiarity was very evident and that did have an impact on on those two games. I think after the, the it looked like after the first game Glasgow's confidence had had been dented quite a lot and there is there is a bit of a sort of fragility to that that confidence that they have um which uh, certainly Scotston was a bit from what what you know uh, what I've seen it was quiet it was nervous it, you know everyone was a bit on edge and I've not seen Scotston like that in quite some time um which then kind of kind of bled into last weekend, which I guess kind of segues nicely away from the 1872 into the, the latest uh, in the sort of Glasgow frustrations um, out in Italy. So, yeah. I mean, but I mean, I, people kind of, I, I kind of get why some people might have looked at that and gone, why are Glasgow losing away to Benetton? But then Benetton aren't Benetton anymore. No, they're not. They're they're a reasonable side. They're 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 doing really well in their conference. They had uh, the best ever season last year. Um, they've got international players. They've got a really really tight game plan as well. And if we're being fair as well, Glasgow possibly did send a bit of a. I mean, there was a couple of first team players there, but they did send a bit of a backup side, and. I think they've I think they've been caught with their, their trousers down again on that one. I think they've done the same with the Kings and I think they've been caught out yet again. I mean is it is it, I mean we we talk, we've talked all season about how Glasgow found this hard edge. It, is that hard edge maybe been a little bit more fragile than we've thought? Well, I think if you look at the players that so I think the players that were in the pack this weekend um Let's 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 take the this weekend in isolation because I think the, again the eighteen seventy two you're up against one of the best packs in the league and yeah. you're always going to struggle uh, against that that type of quality whether you're hard as nails or not. Well, uh, they did the well, Glasgow's tackle success rate was eighty six percent in that game. Oh yeah, no, I, yeah, there's plenty of other issues at hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, you 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 misunderstand me, Mister Bla- Black. Um, yeah, there was plenty of other issues there, but I, I think in the pack they they did they did get hammered in the pack against Edinburgh, and uh, part of me, you know, you're disappointed to see that, but I'm not as concerned as the struggles at the weekend. And but you look at the players that are that are not there. On Saturday, you're missing Cable. You're missing. I think a lot of it can come down to the the lack of a first choice hooker. I mean, with Brown and Turner both injured, or Grant, Grant Stewart, for all best will in the world, he is not ready to be number one in Glasgow in eight, a month of Sundays. Is there something to be said for Ross Ford going along? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I would bring myself to this level, but. I actually was thinking when when I saw the team sheet for uh, for for Benetton, 
I did think uh, we should be maybe looking at a short-term signing, not not a Ross Ford, you know, um, potentially a Ross Ford, but we should be looking at a short-term signing. No, let's, not, let's not, you know, look at the number of, the, of Edinburgh players that have gone to Glasgow and, and done well. Yes, yes. Ryan yes, Grant, that... um, do you know, um, um, Lee, Lee Jones... Jones, uh, Garth came Garth over came as well. Over, yeah, when he was unwanted. So, no, well, let's not let's not rule it out. If you know, uh, you know, there's a there's a an unwanted British and Irish lion you know, <laughs> kicking his heels around Murrayfield. Oh, you know, oh, oh. desperate to drive his car from one side of a stadium to another just to get to the training pitch. I allegedly. Be, oh yeah, allegedly. Yeah, we've already had Ross Ford's lawyers on the phone minds before. <laughs> described him as a what was it something a frankly average rugby player or something. Yes. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I, I guess in in terms of the well, let's very briefly. I think Ryan Wilson is not in the best of form at the moment, and that. I see, he's he's going to cause issues in the back row because although as much depth as Glasgow have, when you've got someone who is, when you've got a your captain in effect, because although you've got Cully there who's been captain, who is co-captain in effect, but but Ryan Wilson's been captain for the last two seasons. When your captain isn't putting in performances, then that's going to have an effect across the team. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think you know I've. I've I've done the, the Ryan Wilson roller coaster over the years of you know absolutely lambasting him for being um, a not very nice human being at times, and then jumping on the Ryan Wilson hype train and being like actually do you know what he's turned a corner he's he's putting in some great performances he's he, he does all the un, unseen work kickoffs blah blah blah. And now I'm kind of we're back onto the big the big sort of crescendo um, plummet towards the Rugby World Cup, where his form has tanked and the balance in that back row, uh, the Glasgow back row, it looks so much better when you have um, Ash Fagerson and um, Cully in there. Yeah, and that that's a shame because I think Ryan Wilson, if he's Doing what he does well is a very, very uh, valuable asset. Is he better than any of the Edinburgh back rows? No. And it's reputation that gets him a Scotland shirt if he yeah. gets if he gets a game in the Six Nations. I think it's re- it's reputation, and he's obviously well liked in the squad. Yes, and I think yes. that's that's partly what gets him over the. That, I think that's obviously what gets him over the line. If it's if it's a fifty fifty call between him and someone else. This, he's clearly well liked with the other players, and that's probably what edges it because he, he, having someone like that around the squad, he's obviously yeah. or has 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 wider benefits. But but there's going to come a time when that the 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 someone is going to cut small. Well, there are already players coming along who are better and are playing more yes. consistently, and all of a sudden it's not a fifty fifty call anymore. And being the joker and being the wise guy around the training camp and the guy that that g's everybody up. Isn't enough to get you in the squad anymore, and I think I yeah. think we're probably, I think unless he can turn it around in the next few few weeks, I, think I can see him being in the wider Scotland squad. But I can also see him dropping out altogether. I'm not necessarily sure that'd be a bad thing because it'll have one or two effects. Either it it's the motivation he needs to become more consistent, or yeah, 
get someone else gets a chance. Yeah, and I think there is. There's lots of young boys with. I think there's lots lots of young players within both squads that would deserve a chance. I would also argue, from a Glasgow perspective, I would even say guys like Rob Harley, who yeah. has had a bit a bit of a he's come back firing this year. Um, whilst he's been playing a lot of his rugby at lock, he when he does go into the back row, he does all those things that Ryan Wilson does, but he seems to just add a wee bit more just now. And yeah. that's yeah, it's a really tough one. Um, and my concern is, as you as you rightly say, those those fifty fifty calls will inevitably go with them based on reputation and you know the the character about the about the uh, camp. But we need we need, and I mean I'm trying to be a bit more. This this is my resolution actually. To, actually, I'm not giving up on rugby. I'm trying to be a bit more like to your point about thinking about what people are trying to achieve and what they're trying to do. Yeah. I even tried that with Adam Hastings at the weekend. I'm not <laughs> sure I figured it out. I don't think Adam no. Hastings has figured it out in that part. Of the no, 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 no. Although I believe there was a young a young man from Bridge of Allen sitting in his luxury apartment in Paris going, "Oh yeah, I know. I've seen that one, mate. I I've done that one. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> huh? In a sense, miss pass completed, it, mate. I, I I triple miss pass from my own goal line completed, it, mate. Uh, um, yeah, it's so try to understand what they're doing, and uh, you know, right. Uh, Townsend's got the issue that if he picks Ryan Wilson, there's not going to be many supporters in Scottish rugby who give him that sympathy. Yeah, if it, if any, and that's not a good place to start your Six Nations with especially if you then go on to maybe lose one of the two first two fixtures yeah and you also look at the effect it would have on the wider squad if you look at someone like adam ash who has had an absolute you know has had an absolutely amazing season so far by any yep. measure by any measurable standard adam ash has had a, a superb season injury free short really back to showing his potential that he had when he was uh first first sort of came on the scene someone like him doesn't get doesn't get in the Scotland squad ahead of Ryan Wilson. What kind of message does that then send to the rest of the squad? Exactly. It's, and I don't think that's necessarily the the approach that Townsend's going for. So it it would surprise me. I think if unless there's some huge miraculous turnaround in Ryan Wilson's form, I would be. It would seem to me to go against what Gregor Townsend is trying to do when we talk about like, trying to understand what they're trying to do, trying to build that. Um, I suppose the ethos, the work rate, the commitment the this you know that would go against the grain it's not just on form just in terms of attitude and everything by picking someone in wilson's current form compared to ash oh absolutely absolutely let's look ahead to hopefully uh better things then um the weekend cardiff blues um at this stage i mean blue the glasgow by no means have qualified yet cardiff blues could still can still i think challenge but they have to deny i think no i don't want to right they have to deny glasgow the bonus point losing bonus point and we'd have to win with a bonus point am i right they, they definitely have to win with a bonus point yeah i mean cardiff are, are kind of are very much last chance so and i think it's it's probably you're probably talking 95 percent likely that Glasgow will finish second in that group. Yep. What it, what it comes down to now is the obviously with the, the convoluted way that the the not the Heineken Cup, Heineken Cup 
which is now the Heineken Cup again, yeah. um, <laughs> does does it? Um, you know, those bonus points and, and points accumulated are very very important, and that's what determines who goes through from second place. So, three weeks ago, you asked this. You asked this question. Uh, every Glasgow fan to to a, to a person says, "We're going down there. We're taking five points. We're coming home. No problem at all." Um, ask the same question today you will probably find that number is very very small yeah. uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tough tough day yeah yeah absolutely um Edinburgh conversely um away to Toulon um that's it's an interesting one because Edinburgh's group still to a certain extent is, is wide open because Montpellier yep. and, and, and Toulon have done each other favors in terms of their respective fixtures Allegedly, allegedly. Well, I think it's more just the madcap way that French rugby works. Um, uh, but Toulon, to say they've turned a corner, and it's not a, you know this isn't by any means. This is going to be a tough game for Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. The fact that we're talking about Edinburgh going over to Toulon and having a chance at beating them is a good sign that Edinburgh have improved and Toulon are maybe not the power they once were. However, Toulon's form has improved. And again, he's already got a mention tonight, but it's ever since Big Brian went over there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Big Brian, Big Brian's went over and, and turned it all around. They, he's turned up and they've went, how can you only be 24, mate? Oh, <laughs> oh we need to get on with this. Or maybe they've put him in the safety video in Toulon Stadium. Maybe that's the maybe, key. Maybe that's the key. Maybe they, or maybe they've, <laughs> they've, maybe, maybe Big Brian is actually Benjamin Button, living life in reverse, <laughs> and they've tapped into what he's got. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Big Brian will turn up looking very useful uh, <laughs> next weekend. It's totally the opposite to what Toulon have always done, though, because they normally sign these worldy players who yeah. are in. They're late thirties, and you're like, "Well, you only got a couple of years left." This time, they've signed a guy in his early twenties who looks like he's, you know, only got a couple of years left. <laughs> maybe they didn't realise. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, they thought, "Oh, that's a good sword. He's a yeah, thirty-five-year-old uh, Samoan oh, boy." Oh, yeah. there we go. Have some of that. <laughs> yeah. So an, an interesting one. I mean, uh, you wish Ember all the best of luck with it, um, and Glasgow Absolutely. likewise. But um, yeah, it w- it will be interesting. I've not quite settled on whether we're recording next week or the week after we'll keep you posted on that um it very much depends on whether i'm going to liverpool or not uh for work but um that's a that's a uh, that, that's that's a separate issue but um yeah we, we so we either we, we, we'll we'll look back and ahead to the next thing or we'll, we'll do a full euro review uh in a couple of weeks but yeah interesting interesting times ahead you could essentially in two weeks either have two teams or no teams in europe still Absolutely, yep, yep. But but what a nice place to be. It's not often we're there at this time of year. No, well, Edinburgh haven't been in it for a couple of years, have they? So no. Um, so yes, let's let's see. Just to... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we'll come, I didn't. Yeah. We'll come on to that and hands in the rock. <laughs> We've had a letter. Um, what we did, we did as a um, as a special one off. What we we thought we did. So we, I didn't really want to spend a long time talking about the 1872. Like we said, we'd, we'd covered it a lot on the blog and it's kind of dead and buried now anyway, um, for Glasgow fans anyway. Um, so 
what I said, what we did is we 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 went on the Scottish Rugby Forum, um, which is on Facebook. It's a closed group, but you can apply to join. You have to answer these questions, then behave yourself when you're on the forum. Um, and we said you can ask us anything uh, this episode, and we'll we'll do our best to answer it. So we've had a few questions in. Uh, it's a bit of fun. Um, Sandy Granger asks. Now this is either a a genuine question or a very profound question, John, and you're the only one that can answer it. Sandy Granger <laughs> asks, "Who's this John Anderson guy?" Yeah, I know. I seen that, and I actually laughed quite heartily at it because someone actually below gives him the answer and <laughs> says he's one half of the the immortal uh, Gene Anderhey. And I was like, "Yeah, Sandy's one of the moderators in the group, so he knows he knows fine well who I am." But, but maybe that's not who. I don't think that's what he was asking, John. Maybe he's asking a much more deeper and searching question. Yeah, I mean, are you lying down on a couch? Maybe you should be lying down on a couch to answer this. To be fair. I, like no, no joking. I am actually sitting on my red couch in my living room just now. I am very comfortable. So, yeah, we we maybe are moving into the territory of 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 sort of you know the therapeutic elements here. Yeah, I mean, I think when Richard when Richard Herring asked a similar question to um, Stephen Fry on his podcast, he, he admitted he had a recent attempt at suicide. So let's not let's not get too dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's only a game, guys. It's only, it's only a game, a game. But yeah. So um, the next one was um, Sambo Laurie, who asked for our best tour. Now, I've, n- I've never been on tour, um, so okay. I, c- I can't really answer that. I know I've never done. I've, ne- I've, I've played touring teams. I can talk. I mean, yep. had a touring team once came to Berwick, and they, for some reason, I don't know why they'd gone on tour with like thirteen players. So it was the standard thing where they. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where they turned up and they played us and they were sort of like, oh, do you know, could a couple of lads um, come over and play? It was like Thursday night and they, they were coming through. I think they were going up to Edinburgh. And so I, I, being, of course, one of the uh, better players was <laughs> instantly shipped over to their side. Um, and me and a couple of lads, what was great about it is then we just, we just sort of, because they were a touring team and it wasn't really a competitive fixture, just told them all the insults to throw at their nice. opposite players. Nice. So yeah, so that's that's probably the only time I've sort of played a touring team, um, get, informing the touring team of, of how to sledge uh, my teammates. Um, do you have ever been on tour, John? Yeah, I have, yeah. Well, Sam's actually one of my former teammates back uh, at Butte. So, Is this um, why he's you... asking the question? Does he know something that this, this question oh. is that... Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he, know, he knows far too much. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll not go into that necessarily. As he, he rightly says, uh, what goes on uh, tour stays on tour. But yeah, Butte used to do a, um, a sort of uh, two-yearly trek uh, corresponding to the Six Nations fixture down to uh, the Welsh village of Penturk, just outside Cardiff. Um, they'd done it for I think it was 30, 40 years or so uh, and I went down as captain one year um, and um, it was frankly just just ridiculous um, we were staying with local families I was right next to the clubhouse as well so I basically just lived there for four days um, we got asked to leave the clubhouse uh, or certainly leave our table at the clubhouse at about nine in the morning so that the, the cleaner could like wipe up and then uh, put us back down and serve us some breakfast. So it was, um, yeah, it was pretty wild. Um, I still have a Welsh flag from it, but that's a, that's a story for if anybody finds me in the, the up and under after a, after a Scotland match or um, ask me about the Welsh flag, uh, I'll probably be happy to tell you after a few jars. <laughs> 
Um, there was one story that featured um, a while ago. It's sort of a two question. Um, on we, I did a blog article um, on um, Berwick Rugby Club's trip to Orkney when they played in National Three, and that's that's worth looking up um, if you can find it um, on the blog. Um, they, it was it was an interesting article because it was just talking about the logistics that go into a club like Berwick playing in National 3 you have to go to in order to sort of put together a, a journey like that up to Orkney what was um, aside from having to sort of make their own card table for the bus halfway up and, nice. and, and pop into B&Q for a uh, saw was the um, the fact that when they got on the ferry over there um, they uh, realised that you if you upgraded to um, first class for £7.50 you were entitled to free complimentary drinks so, yes. so on the way back, the entire squad spent the seven pound fifty, um, upgraded and destroyed the bar. And um, no, the uh, I've just found the article now. Um, it was Colin Frame, who was the uh, president at the time, said they they had to f- refill the bar three times in an hour, oh. in the hour and a half crossing. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, well, I understand fair, there were guys drinking red wine who'd never even who who hadn't seen a red drink since Ribena. Nice, yes. Well, to be fair, every every away fixture for Butte was like that due to the, the requirement to take a ferry. Uh, so, yes, it, it could get a bit messy on the way home. But yeah. every game was a tour. Exactly. Um, next one, uh, Ian Wallace has asked, will Henry Pergos get his well-deserved seat on the plane to Japan? My answer to that would be yes, but he'll have to pay for it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, he will definitely not get his seat on the plane um you uh, the the odds of gregor townsend not taking ali price uh are slim to none yeah and george horn so you look at i mean you, you realistically you look at laidlaw horn and price unless ian believes that um greek will obviously not go um which i mean there may be some sympathy for that I don't know. You get in touch and let us know. Yeah. Um, the I mean, I suppose there's this Sam Hildago claim, but I don't know. He's not been played much for Scarlet, has he? Maybe Scarlet no. Watchers might let us know, but yeah. No, I've seen, seen him popping up a couple of times, but um, he's the sort of player... He, I, I, I can't remember the last time I've seen him with nine on his back. Mm. He's... He, it's, he's just... He's Sam Hidalgo Klein 21 now. And <laughs> he, he he always looks rapid when he comes on. He looks like oh, he's pumping the game up. And then inevitably there's some complete and utter mess that he makes. And you're like, oh, Sam, come on, mate. Um, Next, Dougal Mack. And this was going to actually be absolute Bobbin's um, topic, but, but I'll take Dougal Mack's question he had for us, which is, uh, if a tree falls in a forest and no one is there to hear it fall, Will there still be armchair fans suggesting Hog Russell, Laidlaw, Gray are at all are overrated because they make a mistake or miss a tackle occasionally? <laughs> and you could equally apply that to um, he, um, young young Master Hastings as well, um, who's come in for Pelters over the last couple of weeks and is suddenly um, a terrible rugby player just off the back of throwing a couple of wild passes. Yeah, he's 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 went. I mean, if it was that easy to like fail at your your occupation is you know poor guy he's got no chance i know we'd all be out of jobs if we i know yeah <laughs> <laughs> unemployment rate of 86 percent yeah i think we've i think like you said i mean it's maybe harder with adam hastings like you said if we, we're trying to understand what they're doing it's maybe yeah. harder with adam hastings at the minute uh, to understand what he's doing but like i said i'm not even sure he understands 
what he's doing, but that's that's part of his charm. Um, I don't <laughs> think I think it is for. I mean, somebody had some. I, I get a bit frustrated with clickbait over on the forum, and I think I mean you've seen me call yes. it out a couple of times. This yep. this idea of well, it's not me saying this, but some people are saying that Stuart Hogg is overrated. What do other people think? Which is just no like I want. I want no one's one. No one's saying that. It's a way of someone just to get across a, a controversial opinion. It's also just it's it's minor clickbait. It's like you know, it's the equivalent of of, of you know, I suppose it's the Facebook quick post equivalent of uh, recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just screaming yeah. for attention. It's just a cry yeah, for attention, yeah, sure. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing if not self-deprecating. Um. But yeah, I think you know. If ever you, my advice to everybody: if ever you see a post like that, that, that is absolute bobbins, I you've got one or two options. One, one, ignore it because it's a cry for help, probably, <laughs> <laughs> or attention um, from someone starved of it for one reason or other. The second thing is just, just simply put these two words: absolute bobbins. That's it. That's all. You need. No, don't engage in discussion. Just those two words: absolute bobbins. And shut it down because it's not it's not a reasoned discussion we can talk about it's fine have a discussion it is is Stuart Hogg playing to his best at the moment is Adam Hastings having a blip these are why is Adam Hastings having a blip these are all valid questions a valid a valid point is not Adam Hastings isn't any good at rugby anymore that's not that's it's insane <laughs> to suggest that overnight over the course of three games he is now a bad rugby player yeah uh, that is that is like honestly the most sense I've heard um, in quite <laughs> quite some time. I am I am reassured. I actually I'm again I'm on my nice couch. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling reassured by your wise words, Cammy. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, now we'll move on. We've been teasing this over the autumn, um, and now is the time to launch this. We are going to start a campaign, and we're calling it a Song for Scotland, which is also going to be the title of this podcast this week. And we're going to start a campaign to get Scotland to record a World Cup song. Now, it's traditionally been something that's fallen the football team, but it's been 20 years since they were last in a tournament. <laughs> um, and and that was Delamitri's Don't Come Home Too Soon, which on its own is a fine song, but it is not by any standard a World Cup song. And um, was not really effective either. No, it certainly was not. 3-0 to Morocco, was it? Craig Burley uh, yeah, red carded, yeah, yep. Yeah, um, yeah, lovely. Yep, great night. Um, yep. Um, now, the time has come, I think, for the rugby team to take up the mantle. So, it can be done for charity. We, I think it would be a great thing to do for charity, for Doddy's charity or any other charity the SRU decides to benefit. But I think um, this needs to happen. And we need to start it now because there needs to be time for it to happen. We can't wait. And also, we've seen Hugh Jones belting his lungs out, not only in the up and under... But also this week, if you look on the Twitter feed, he was having a wee sing-song of 500 miles on the karaoke um, as well. Someone had posted that on Instagram. <laughs> so we need, clearly we've got a candidate for lead vocals at least. I know there's a couple of the guys that play guitar. Um, Sean Maitland, now there was a rumour he could rap, but actually we've established it's more that he's a, he's a brilliant beatboxer. So clearly we need to get him on board with that. Absolutely, So yep. what we're going to start by doing is we're going to cast the net wide and we're going to ask for your suggestions about what song the team should sing. Um, we'll then drop a shortlist. We're going to be the arbitrators of that because we've seen if 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 the last few years have proven anything, it's that the general public cannot be trusted with democratic decisions. 
Absolutely. So we, we, we are nothing if not a dictatorship here. So by all means, send your suggestions in. We will then, on the next podcast, whittle them down to four. Um, so when you're making your suggestions, bear in mind a couple of things. If we're going to have a realistic chance of making this happen, it needs to be a song that's out of copyright. So you're looking at a traditional song of some description or a song where getting rights access is unlikely to be an issue. So probably something by a Scottish artist or, or something that's been covered before. So we've had a couple of suggestions in so far through the Scottish Rugby Forums. Thank you for everybody that sent them in. We've also had some suggestions through on Twitter. Um, we've got Scots Were Here was fairly popular. Some people suggesting that. But a lot of support for Loch Lomond. That's already had a couple of airings, I think, at Murrayfield from people that's played at the games. Yep. Um, we've had... Now, some a few people suggested Highland Cathedral which Kelly Brown covered a few seasons ago. Now, I'm vetoing that straight off for a couple of reasons. Apologies to <laughs> Kelly Brown. One, Highland Cathedral is a real dirge. It's a lovely song, but it's not, It's not. you know, it's fine on the pipes, but it's, it's, not, a, it's not a sing-song song. And secondly, the lyrics to the version that they released are massively problematic because it talks about Scotland, the land of my birth, and we know there are fans and players for whom that is not true and <laughs> we need this to be inclusive um, and for everyone to get and something that everyone wants to get behind so we don't want anybody singing about Scotland being the land of our birth and things like that because it, it's that's not something that we we would support um so I I'm behind now my suggestion and I'm fully behind this and there's a, a bit of support for this on on the forum as well is, is Deacon Blue's dignity one because I think it might be a runner through Dougie Vipond possibly also i think it kind of captures the current ethos of the scotland squad the idea of being overseas and thinking about everyone back home and what they're doing and being grounded and all of those sorts of things and also you can change the lyric about sipping racky to sipping sake easy and it was also doddy weir's uh, first choice when he was on Graham Easton's playlist, which is a superb podcast and I highly recommend. Um, he chose Dignity as his first song. So that would be my suggestion. I think that's probably going to be in there just purely off the back of maybe having some sort of control over this. John, did you have any suggestions at all? I did, yeah. And I, I like I like what you're doing there. Again, just reminding everybody of your benevolent dictatorship. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I actually put in, uh, so I was thinking one of my sort of favourite songs by Scottish artists growing well, not growing up but being a sort of early 20s guy uh, was actually Franz Ferdinand Ferdinand do you wanna yeah uh, so I that's put that in good, that's a good that's got a good chant to it as well it's yeah, good, yeah yeah that's what I was thinking with the do do but you know I think that could be a, could be a good effort and I'm sure given that Franz Ferdinand are nowhere to be seen ever um, I'm sure that we we could speak to them nicely. We're going to get letters off Franz Ferdinand fans now, you know. Uh, is there <laughs> such a thing anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, I mean, you could, you could. There's lots of nice. I mean, this, the, presumably, if if someone's up for it, you could reword something like Chelsea Dagger. That's got a good sing along oh, chorus. Be cracking! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying to think. I was just because Glasgow is the entrance music. If we could somehow get get the nickname Sandman going for someone like Johnny Gray. <laughs> <laughs> just and get him to enter. run out. Just um, pinball Mishard. Pinball Mishard, nice. Pinball Mishard. Yeah. He's a pinball Mishard. Um, so yeah, if you've got any suggestions, um, get in touch in the usual ways: Twitter, email, and we'll pull it down to probably four. I think is is realistic, and then we'll just start a campaign. We'll get petitions. We'll 
get writing letters and we'll try and make this happen we've i've got no idea how you would make something like this happen the only thing i think we can do is just write and put pressure on the people that might have some sort of control and suggest that it's something that all the fans could get behind so yeah we know that people employed by the 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 governing body have to listen to this they do yeah i believe i believe so so, yeah (laughs) So if you're if you're having to listen to this, first of all, apologies for the previous hour of um, nonsense we've just spoken. And uh, yeah, come on, let's make this happen. Yeah, um, I think it'd be good. a good a good fun thing. You release it over the summer during the you know get it going during the you know the summer games. I think yep. it could be something a, a good some, a good like this could be our three lions if it, if, we, if we play it right. This could this should be. This should, should be. be our three lines. Make a song about unicorns and lions. That's what we need. <laughs> um, I would just also like to say as well, just on, on an aside, obviously there's been a lot of really, really good suggestions that I've seen coming through as well. And, you know, really some, some creative stuff. I would, as much as it disappoints me to say this, I don't think a Slayer song is going to work for this. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sadly not, no. Sadly not, no, no. I tell you no. what. Speaking of unicorns and lions, you know who we could, who who they should get in to write the lyrics. J.K. Rowling. <laughs> I'm deadly serious about that. We guys, sure she could turn her hand to lyric. Right, she's she's a massive fan of Scotland rugby. We get J.K. Rowling yes. to write a song, a lyrics about lions and unicorns, and we're away. Lions, unicorns, and Stuart. That Hulk. might be the fourth suggestion. We don't have any song. We just say, please get, J- please approach J.K. Rowling and ask her to write some lyrics about lions and unicorns and see if we can turn it into a song. There's plenty of time. That's why we're doing this now. Right. So yeah, get in touch and let us know what you want uh, to happen. What songs do you think Scotland should have as a World Cup song? Um, next, very quickly, we had one. Where's Doogie Donnelly uh, over the break from Andrew Young, who saw Dave Rennie and his wife walking their dog at the Wallace Monument. Uh, between Christmas and New Year. He didn't say what kind of dog Dave Rennie's got. So, um, Andrew, if you're listening, or if anyone sees Dave Rennie with his dog, please let us know what kind of dog Dave has got. I really hope it's a Chihuahua. I, I, I could see a, a bull. You know how owners are supposed to look like their dogs? Like a small <laughs> bulldog. <laughs> Just looking like it's chewing on a wasp <laughs> constantly. <laughs> Even when it's happy. Um, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, if if anybody knows what kind of Dave uh, Rennie dog Dave Dave Rennie's dog's got dog Dave Rennie's got, let us know. Um, if, and that's the kind of details we want as well. Don't just tell us Dave Rennie's been seen with his dog. Please tell us what kind of dog it is. Um, we'll we'll move on. We'll do hands in the ruck then. Um, we've got a couple by John. I know you've got a rant prepared, John. So I'll make sure we we leave plenty of time for that. Um, Chloe got in touch by email, and she said, "This is I like this one." This is, she said, "Her hands in the ruck this week." is the patronising attitude of a small but vocal section of Warriors fans who have taken losing who have uh, who've taken losing the 18, have taken following losing the 1872 cup Chloe Chloe she makes a reasonable point here that bragging rights and niggle are an important part of building up a rivalry between two teams and creating some interest and I think that's fair enough I think this post the 1872 you could see it one of two ways yes there's been a lot of nastiness on the various forums and Twitter and whatever and people getting backs up the other part of that is, isn't that nice to see a bit of interest <laughs> and niggle a bit of back and forth between the fans of the two? And it's always been there, but it's nice that it's becoming a little bit wider. I think by always keep it civil and keep it to the banter and the um, the niggle. But 
but if you know if if it just stays vanilla and you know shaking hands at the end and oh well wasn't that well played then you know where's the where's the interest where's the drama where's the intrigue yeah, yeah. Um, I, I totally agree don't let it spill out somebody got in touch I think over there to say that they'd been abused in the stands um, at Murrayfield which isn't something we like to see there's been a bit of an increase in that I've seen a few reports of that in Murrayfield um, yeah yeah I heard about that as well it's not good it's not good it's I mean it's probably a, a bit of the just with the game becoming more important uh, more and more important more popular you're going to get more of that as you get different kinds of people coming in to the stands um but it's you know as long as it's self-policing and as long as people, uh, stewards are on top of it then that's fine but let's yeah let's keep things civil but niggle and niggle and bragging rights is no bad thing Chloe. so I'm, I'm with you there um craig mason got in touch um it's the it's ember fans to turn to say this um he said his his hands in the rock is glasgow fans saying ember are now the siu favorites <laughs> I said, aren't we all benefiting from a strong SRU? Just shush now, please. So yeah, it's um, yeah, it's that it's... time of year again for everybody to decide, yeah. which for everyone to pick a side and decide who's who is currently the SRU's favourites. I would point out that that you know, one one doesn't have a a, a a chief executive at the minute, or does have one, but is a an outgoing one. Um, yes, and no news yes. of an incoming one. So yeah. So yeah, I think it's um, probably quite interesting as well to any any Glasgow fan that's sort of playing that card just now. Um, you just need to look at the run of signings or re-signings Glasgow had over the Christmas yeah. window to know that there's there's plenty of investment going on to both teams. And actually, I wish I think Cockrell had mentioned something about money again. Um, and you know. As much as I really, really respect the job the guy's doing, I do kind of wish he would just wrap it sometimes and, you know, not bleat off about things like money. Like, he, he's quite bad with referees as well. Um, obviously, last summer we had Scrum Halfgate. Um, you know, it's, it's, going down, it's going down in history. Scrum Halfgate, you heard it here first. Um, yeah, I mean, both teams are funded very well for... Yeah for what what the resources we have available so i think neither side can really be bleating and moaning it's i mean the other news that came out recently is dave rennie's had a, a well i don't think it's been officially announced yet it's sort of come out through the bbc that he signed a one-year extension he's eyes uh, here for another 18 months minimum he said yep which is that odd because i mean it, i suppose it takes him to post I mean, you know, he's not going to be in line for the All Blacks job, is he? Because he's no. you're not going to go from Glasgow to the All Blacks. And but that takes him through next season. Is that an indication that he's possibly off? No, no. I would uh, no. I don't think so. I think I think Rennie's uh, he's a smart man, um, and he's indicated how happy he is in Glasgow, and I think. If we look at the way the contracts are working for players for Glasgow, um, you're talking maximum two-year deals, really, across the board. And with the coaching team, there is there is still a resistance to long-term commitment as well. I would have hoped it was a longer, a slightly longer deal, maybe a two-year deal. But if Rennie's indicated he's happy, um, and they've kind of shook hands and said, "Yeah, let's sign a year. Let's see where we're at, and we'll we'll sign again, or you know, we'll take it from there." I think both parties would have been quite happy with that. Um, 
I would probably think you're more likely to see some movement the year after mm. once once we move into you know starting to move into um the legally mandated lions ter- territory aren't we? <laughs> yes um i knew we had the jingle lined up for that as well this week <laughs> <laughs> devastated ah! too early um but I mean, Never. the interesting thing is, I mean, if you think about the way Scottish work, rugby works, and there was a, an interview with Ben Ryan that came out about how he'd been approached for the em- he got, I think he was even interviewed for the Ember job when they yeah, were was, yeah, approaching yeah. Richard Cockrell, and he was saying, essentially, the purpose of Glasgow and Edinburgh is to serve the national side, and that makes financial. I mean, re- put aside your Ember and your Glasgow allegiances from a financial point of view, that makes sense because that's where the money is, is in Great, the national yeah. game. So that that makes per- perfect sense. So, I suppose if you look at it from that point of view and you see Scottish rugby as a whole with Gregor Townsend and whoever is going to come in and replace Scott Johnson at the head, feeding down to Richard... I, mean, I don't think Gregor Townsend is technically their line manager. It's whoever replaces Scott Johnson. But yeah, that's you, right. you have Gregor Townsend setting the stall of this is how this is what Scottish rugby looks like and this that filters then down to the pro sides and it filters out into all the national ones and your Super 6 and... Yep. the way that children right down to the way that kids are being coached then actually does it you need a high quality coach coaching the teams day to day but you and and clearly Richard Cockrell's had to come in and impose a culture on Edinburgh but to a certain extent so long as you get a good quality coach in the blueprint is already there I suppose so it's yeah. not it's not such it's not such a blow to a Glasgow or an Ember if they were to lose their coach, as it would be, say, an English Premier side who, you know, the, the, yeah. the, 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 the way they play might be linked to the coach's personality or the way the coach does something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you're, you're seeing more and more. I mean, whilst I've talked down the Edinburgh um, style of play slightly uh, on this, I, again, I do it slightly flippantly. Um, they are starting to try to be a wee bit more expansive and that is coming directly from from Gregor Townsend that's you know as you rightly say he's setting the blueprint for how our teams are going to play and for Glasgow it was a bit easier because obviously they were transitioning from his style of play into and Dave Rennie obviously had a very his reputation was to play a similar style of game so there wasn't as much um, transition required there but um, there's plenty of young coaches coming through and again I think if we look at the the Glasgow set up you've you're you know you're talking about Mike Blair as potentially being uh, a, a, you know a successor to Dave Rennie that's that's been mentioned um, obviously Cal McRae is doing an amazing job over at Edinburgh uh, having to win got, sevens and you've even got Roddy, Roddy Grant Roddy Grant as well, yeah, yeah, his influence can't be can't be uh, underestimated. But what you'll also see as well is in this current group of players, the senior players just now, there's going to be guys who are going into coaching in the next two or three years who will be fast-tracked through the system. Let's not forget, Gregor Townsend retired and sort of done his coaching work and then was fast-tracked into an attacking coach role in the Scotland setup. So, we have we have previous in this, and I would not be surprised to see maybe you know a Mike Blair taking over at Glasgow, but the next coach after him being a bit of a left field, you know, somebody we haven't heard of 
now or haven't thought of in a coaching capacity. It'd be interesting. I mean, it's interesting to see if Clark Laidlaw comes back because he's yeah, over yeah. coaching the New Zealand Sevens. It's interesting to see if he's interested in 15s because that's another, you know, he's sort of been through the Scottish system. So, yeah, there's lots of coaches across there. There's a the... supply chain, isn't there? So it's yeah. not, I mean, it's not like we said of coming back to it. If Dave Rennie is only signing an 18 month extension, you, there's maybe not. It'd be a shame to see him go. He's a very high caliber coach, well respected. Was touted for the Wales job, even so. Yep. But at the same time, it there there are, if they've got that succession planning in in place, it's not so much of an issue if he does go. Yeah, and you look at the the cost involved with keeping a Dave Rennie, whilst um, it's not going to be insubstantial. Um, whereas if you maybe have a younger coach coming through, there's perhaps more budget to move around. Perhaps you know maybe that keeps another uh, another first team player on on a, a another year another two year deal. So you know there's massive economics at play as well. But for now, I think Rennie's happy, and we'll we'll see where we go from there. Yeah. Um. Before we get to you, I'll do my hands in the right John, and then we'll end on yours because I think it probably yeah. good to end on. Uh, mine is tickets, and and it's not just the the, the Scottish Rugby Forum. Because um, I know you posted something to tell people to stop touting for tickets oh, on there, but um, posted some today. Yes, it yes. is. Um, on Twitter too is look if if you are at this if you're in January and you haven't got Six Nations tickets, you you're not going to get any, or you're not going to get any by <laughs> by legitimate means. Um, so begging for them on on social media, it's not. I don't think it's a good look. If you want to go, these fixtures have been out for best part of over a year we've yep. you've, we've known this is coming the SRU have publicised how you apply for them how you apply for season tickets how you can apply for tickets when the windows are open and yes it is hard to get them because you have to queue and you have to go through the online systems but you can also do something else and what you can do is you can join your local rugby club Correct. and you can pay the membership fee and what that does is not it funds your local rugby club it keeps them it keeps them Going, you can also go along. You can join in. You don't have to. You can just watch the match on a on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon. You can just go to the clubhouse. You can get involved in the activities. You can go along. You can meet like minded people that are into rugby. But what you can also do is apply for tickets for international matches, and you've got a fair fair chance of doing so. And they're at a reasonable rate, and your club gets a kickback from the SRU for selling them. So that's what you should do. If you can't be bothered to go apply for a season pass, if you haven't got the money, fair enough. If you can't wait online, then join your local club. Don't tout on social media. Don't ask for tickets because it's not now. I don't. We don't want to encourage touts, and we don't want to encourage it. And if if someone has a spare ticket and they want to sell that to someone at face value, that's absolutely fine. But don't go begging for tickets. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah, our, our rule on on the pages is, is quite simple. It's you know, if you if you're charging more than face value, you're a ticket tout, and we we do make sure that anybody that puts tickets up that are more than face value, uh, we report them to the SRU. Um, so let that be a fair warning, guys. Um, also, we we've so as Cami, as you rightly say, we've just said you know if anybody wants to, if they do have spare tickets, feel free to to post it up. But don't come on and you know get the begging bowl out and say anybody got X amount of tickets for this because frankly, as you say, Gary, it's not a good look and it looks to me like 
I want to take some tickets off some fans at face value. There's no guarantee what you're doing with them afterwards, so it doesn't look good for me. If you've not, I mean, you know, if you, I, I appreciate, you know, I forget. I forget. Most of my dad's birthday today, and I haven't texted him yet. Bless him. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Happy Daddy! If you're listening to this, um, but you know, it's you know, people forget. I know. I appreciate people forget birthdays and things like that. But you know, suddenly thinking, oh, I might go to the Six Nations in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I wonder if there's tickets <laughs> left. We've we've taken to just responding with laughing face. Yes. Uh, when whenever MD posts that, but um, apparently that wasn't enough of a deterrent. So, so uh, yeah. del- deleting all posts is yeah, the way to go. Yeah. Del- del- removing them all because yeah, I'm not yeah. not dealing with that. The, rubbish. You know, and we we've we've talked about Vigo going sites like that before. It's not it deprives real fan if you you know resale sites if you if you use resale sites rather than trying to buy the tickets direct, all it does is re- encourage resale sites and encourage people yep. to sell them at more than face value so learn your lesson you haven't got tickets this year that's fine maybe you didn't know how to go about applying for them maybe you didn't know how the system works that's fair enough now you do educate yourself find out how you're going to get tickets next year go and join a club pay your membership fee go and meet some new people you'll have a lovely time most clubs are very welcoming yep that's the way to go about doing it john let's move on to your hands in the road <laughs> So, um, yeah, my hands in the rock this week is people um, people debating online and using the, but that's my opinion, mate, or that's just my opinion, get out clause. Um, I am H-O, in my humble opinion. In my humble, why is every opinion humble? That's, it just strikes me, anyway. Um, yeah, it's got to stay humble, it's, it's the way. It's got, to, it's got to stay humble, even when... I think there's there's the famous quote about everything before the word but is um, Roman Platt. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, if you have to say that, you are clearly giving some absolute nonsense opinion and frankly, stop it. There's no need for it. I... I love I love what so both on the Scottish rugby blog I love the comment section I love seeing some of the some of the passion coming through from fans and it's great you know people debate people do disagree and it's good when it's done properly and but it does creep in people going well but that's my opinion so I'm allowed to spout absolute nonsense about you know I'm not going to dignify any of it with actual publicity here but you know there's some absolute nonsense comments that come out and the same is the same is true over on the forum as well. You see people who feel that they're entitled to give what they're classing as their opinion, but actually it's just an ill-informed, nonsensical view of a very limited subset of rugby. Um, you know, to to your point from earlier, Cami, is Stuart Hogg overrated? That is that is that's just a stupid comment, right? And if the person who posted it is listening, I'll happily tell you that to your, your face as well. That is a stupid thing to say. And to defend that with, but that's my opinion, so it's allowed, is is just idiotic. And it grinds my gears. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's it's there's two I think it falls into two categories. There's the there's the old school guys who still think that lineouts should be thrown one armed. Yeah, you should be allowed to rake and rucks. Nineteen calls should be done exactly, blah, 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 and blah. and yeah. to, you know, you know, anything's anything's fair game, um, and 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 I kind of get that, you know, life life moves on, and some people don't 
and I, I, I can understand that to a certain extent. But similarly, I also think, you know, John Peel, you know, didn't spend his entire life listening to Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> you know, he moved on to other music. He got into techno, yeah. he got into drum and bass. So, yep. you know, being old isn't an excuse. The no, the I'm... second the second category are I'm looking other guys that are looking for a rise the guys that yes. are looking at I, I want you to click on this I want you to engage me in a debate because I want attention and I'm all for debate and I'm all for people posing an alternate view but but at least have something to go I mean where you know God I've posted blog articles before sort of taking a slightly different view at things but yep. there's there's some i've done my research i've i've looked at it i've i've there's something to it it's it's not just a general wondering it's not just i'm going to post this on here in the hope that someone will click on it and yeah. leave a comment and enter into a debate and oh look i've I've managed to get a hundred comments aren't i interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> having a hundred comments disagreeing with you isn't it that's not some that's not a medal you should wear with pride <laughs> <laughs> Zero player ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My my favourite for the last wee while has been um so the there's the Dave Rennie debate and uh, there was someone uh, posted I uh, I don't I uh, you know, Glasgow have not been as or something like Glasgow have not been as successful under Dave Rennie, or they haven't they haven't been playing as well under Dave Rennie. There was a, I can't remember the specifics of it, but there was a very um fact-driven statement that Glasgow are not as good under Dave Rennie as they were under Gregor Townsend. And there was a number of comments that came up that then said, well, Glasgow finished sixth in the last season under Gregor Townsend and they topped their group last year and, you know, got home semi-final. So those comparisons, it's like, no, that's actually not true. And the defence was, ah, but it's just my opinion. So, no, that's not something you give an opinion about. There's verifiable facts that state that Glasgow were more successful last season than their last season on their Townsend. It's... And it's also fine. It would also be fine to maintain that. I, I wouldn't necessarily have an issue with someone maintaining that argument if they were then say, ah, yes, but the way, the way yes. they're playing or the way that they are, the forwards are, or the way that the you know, the bats, backs are at link or the way the defence is setting up. Yeah. Yeah, That's all fine. Absolutely. You can you can say, well, yeah, they've ended up higher, but there, there might be an argument within there to say that you know Glasgow maybe have lost a hard edge under David. We don't, you know that that might yeah. if you can back it up with things. There are things that maybe Glasgow don't do as well under Dave Rennie that they did yep. well under Townsend, but there might be things they're doing better equally. But like you said, have be be prepared to back up your opinion with something, not just well, that's just my opinion because. Yeah. It reminds me, I was, I was probably the last Scott football international I went to years ago, and it's I, they probably encapsulate the encapsulates the kind of mentality um, that, <laughs> that people adopt for this sort of thing, particularly with sport. I think, <laughs> and the guy in front of us, just the entire match, just screamed dogs abuse at Graham Alexander, even when he didn't have the ball. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's it. It's just it's sport does some. I appreciate sport does something to some people, and and it just it's like tunnel vision, and just fury, or they just vent, and you know I get sometimes online is a place to do that. But at the same time, by all means, have an opinion. That's absolutely fine. I think when we're saying that you're not allowed an opinion, absolutely, and you're not allowed to express something, that's absolutely fine to express it. But be prepared to back it up with an argument 
and points and something and facts and stats or something. Just just saying Glasgow aren't as good under Dave Rennie is, and that's my opinion. That's not an argument. Yeah. That's that's nonsense. It's the equivalent of the people online that say I can be racist because it's free speech. Yes, that's not an argument. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's not free speech <laughs> at yes. all. Yeah. yeah. So it's the it's the Scottish rugby equivalent of fake news. So exactly. Just wrap it. Yes. Um but before we get in before we will before we start straying into whether or not, you know, making your dog uh, give a Nazi salute sixty five times in a row is racist or not, it is. Um <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's, let's 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 move on from that. Um <laughs> we are done for this week. Um, like I said, we don't know. I don't know this point if we're back next week or the week after. We will do some. I'll do some calculations and I will post something out on the interweb somewhere to let people know whether we're coming back or not. In the meantime, get in touch with us about your songs for Scotland. Get in touch with us about your hands in the rock, anything that's bothering you. Um, and we will be back at some point in the next two weeks. But we've for- just. Sorry, Cammy. We have just had a late entry into the questions. Oh, very good, Jim. Just a, a last-minute entry. This is a good one. We've got on a scale of one to Johnny Sexton. <laughs> I like the scale already. It's a good scale. Yeah, maybe yeah. We yeah. Should, maybe we should, uh, suggested to Rory for the um, for the flare ratings. For the flare ratings. Yeah, yeah. So th- this is in fact our, our good friend Ian uh, of, of of Jane Anderhey. So he says on a scale of one to Johnny Sexton, how angry will you? directed to me be if the Chiefs start playing Hog at 10 um, to finish you off Ian I will be I will be deliriously unhappy and will throw things at my television but that's just my opinion I will be deliriously happy because then think this through you have Hog oh. at 10 Russell <laughs> at 12 Hastings at 13 <laughs> King Horn at 15. King Horn at 15. Darcy Graham on the one wing. Yeah. Uh, we need Nick, another. Who else mm, is it? Who's Madcap? We need, well, George, let's throw George Horn on the other wing. George, no, George Horn at nine, clearly. Oh, nine. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I can feel this taking shape. This is the, well, this is the new, it's not, it's not what's, this is cats at gate crash, are this? This is, what, this is, this isn't cats at rave. This is oh, like I don't tigers. Know. Tigers at a music festival. Tigers at a music festival. We Very like. cool. Um, what we might try and do, if I can work out the technology at some point this season, maybe during the Six Nations, we might try and bandersnatch the podcast and do a live one um, via Facebook somehow, and you can get nice. involved and direct the way that we go with discussions during it. So, so keep an eye out for that. So I just have to work out the technology first of all. Um, if anybody knows how to live stream um, Skype to Facebook, by all means, let me know, and uh, maybe we can work something out. But for the moment, and on that bombshell, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from John. Good evening, all. Cheers, John. Cheers, mate.